Good morning. Good morning. Ready or not, Christmas Eve is here. <laughs> Welcome, parents, grandparents, family, visitors. My name is Mark Williams, and I serve as the senior minister here at Naples United Church of Christ. Blessings on this holiest of days when we celebrate the birth of Christ Jesus. And I'm Reverend Angela Wells-Bean. I'm the Minister for Congregational Care here at Naples United Church of Christ. And we are thrilled to have those of you who are in person and those of you who are joining us remotely. I'd especially like to welcome the folks who are worshiping with us from Bentley Village and Arbor Trace. We are thrilled to have all of you. A special welcome to our visitors and our guests. If this is your first or second time worshiping with us, after worship, please see Chelsea Godwin in the gathering place. She is our coordinator of membership and stewardship. She would love to get to know you and answer any questions you have. And if this is your very first time worshiping with us, we know you have a lot of options on Christmas Eve. It's a privilege to have you, but also you're in good company because it is Reverend Mark's first Christmas Eve with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a very special year in the life of our church, and we are thrilled to have you. Indeed, a joy for me personally and for our family. Later on in our worship service this morning, there'll be an opportunity for folks to make a gift. And if you would like to make a gift to Naples UCC, you can do so in one of the white offering envelopes. And if you're interested in making a contribution to our special Christmas offering this year that will benefit retired clergy through the United Church of Christ Pension Fund, be sure to put your gift in the red envelope that's in the back of your pew. Later on in this morning's service, we will light our candles together and sing Joy to the World, but we want to quickly go over candle lighting because it's not as simple as it seems. So Mark and I are going to demonstrate for you. There's a way to, to pass the light without dripping wax, and the way that you do that is the person whose candle is not lit tips their candle, okay? Because if, if you have flame here and you tip it, there goes the wax. So Mark has a lit flame. We're going to use our imaginations, and I want his light. So I'm going to dip my candle towards his and hold it straight, and then the next person will tip theirs towards mine. And that way we will minimize any burns and wax spilling. So thank you. <laughs> You'll note that later on this evening, we have some additional worship services here at Naples UCC. We'd love to have you back later tonight. At 6 and at 8 o'clock, we'll have our service of lessons and carols here in the sanctuary. And then at 10 o'clock, we'll have a contemplative service that will include Holy Communion here in the sanctuary also. If you're present and visiting with us today, I hope you will consider uh, this church to be a spiritual home. And if you are, we are going to be worshiping one week from today on New Year's Eve at 10 o'clock here in the sanctuary. And then in 2024, we will return to our worship schedule at 9 and at 11 on Sunday morning. We would love to come and have you be part of our church family. Let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship. I invite you to turn to your bulletins and join me in our prayer of invocation. Let us pray together. 
God of the baby of Bethlehem, we come into your presence with praise and thanksgiving. We hear the glad tidings of the angel voices. We come to experience this good news of great joy for all people. As the shepherds traveled to Bethlehem, we have traveled here excited, expectant, and hopeful. Let the words of sacred scripture seep into our hearts to be treasured and pondered anew. We are here. We are ready, O God. Let the light of your love break forth. Amen. If you're worshiping with us online this morning, I hope you'll take a moment to reach out to someone with whom you are worshiping or to send a text to a friend or a neighbor. And if you're here present in person, let's stand and wish one another a Merry Christmas. I invite you to be in a spirit of prayer with me as I offer this morning's pastoral prayer. Let us pray. Ever revealing God, we have waited a long time for your light, your hope, your joy, and your love and your peace to shine in the darkness of this world. Even now in our gathering here, we await you. In our hearts, we still hope that your light will blaze forth, banishing the shadows of this world and guiding all people back to you, reconciling all of us to your love. Yet you did not come into this world in a mighty show of power and glory, a tiny spark, a newborn baby visible only to parents and curious animals, a host of angels away from the populated city singing to migrant workers, a sparkling star guiding foreigners to see what the locals could not. Open our hearts, merciful God, to the sparks of your presence in this world. Open our eyes that we might behold your presence in the least likely of places, among the least likely of people. God with us, kindle your spark within each of us, that together we may shine forth your light, that together we might banish the shadows of this world, and that we might be the continuation of the Christmas miracle. Emmanuel is in this world, God with us now and forevermore. We ask you, holy and gracious God, to illumine our hearts as we continue our prayers in the silence of our hearts while listening to the prayer that your son Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our
days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house in the city of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom God favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. As parents and grandparents can surely attest, Convincing a child to go to sleep on Christmas Eve is an extraordinary task. I recall some years ago when my then four-year-old son woke up about an hour after putting him down on Christmas Eve and I found him unlocking the sliding glass door to the lanai. 
Son, said Testy Dad, what on earth are you doing? Well, in Naples, if you're visiting here from up north, less than 4% of single-family homes have chimneys. My son responded back, well, Dad, I was thinking about Santa and the chimney and all the reindeer. How is he going to get in? When I consider how many presents he's going to be bringing this year, we have got to unlock this sliding glass door. Santa via slider. Leave it up to a child. For when it comes to some problems, it takes a child. For sometimes children with rather awesome ingenuity can look at a problem or a challenge in ways that are a little bit different from us adults. Sometimes it does take a child to solve a problem. You think God knows that? I do. For as one theologian put it many years ago, on that Christmas Eve, God could have opted for an adult mechanism to change the world, a battle or a ballot. But instead, God chose a baby. And maybe, just maybe, God was on to something here. Some months ago, I read a book about the psychology of children called Seen But Not Heard by a psychologist at the University of Wisconsin by the name of Jaina Lore Main. And in that book, she was talking about the capacity of children to engage in divergent thinking. Dad, let's pull open the sliding glass door. And in that book, Moore Lane quoted a NASA study back from 2011. And in that study, children ages four and five were able to engage in genius divergent thinking defined by offering up multiple creative solutions to the same problem. That was truly extraordinary. 98% of them were able to do that. But just five years later, those same children, that number got reduced to 30%. Maybe, just maybe, when it comes to some complex problems, it takes a child. I look around my world on this Christmas Eve 2023, and I, as an adult, note all of the problems, both personal and in the world. Issues of fear and worry, issues of grief and heartache, Nations at war, dark politics, and my initial response as an adult are to mumble some of those adult cliches under my breath. It is what it is. This is the way the world's always been. This is just the way the world is. And I do wonder if what I need, what we need on Christmas Eve 2023, is not more adult thinking. We don't need another battle. We need a baby, a child to look up at the world and imagine a certain possibility that it could, in fact, be different, that the world could, in fact, have hope, a child wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. For today, I am hungry for a God childish enough to look upon the world and say, nations can lie down like uh, lambs would lie down with other uh, animals and, and be together and have peace. 
Today, I am hungry for a God to look up at a world and say, I want a world that can love unconditionally without the bias of adult love. Today, I'm hungry for a child to look up at the world and to say, I really believe there can be a world where families and churches and nations will not hit one another. What I'm in need of today is not more adult thinking. I need a child to imagine with thinking that is different from mine, possibility and hope. But to be honest, it's hard to do to embrace that child who can imagine a world that is different. And I do wonder if Jesus, born in a manger, would grow up and anticipate how hard that is for us adults to do. For Jesus would go on to say, let the little children come to me. And I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like a child, you won't understand all this heaven on earth kind of stuff. What if, what if it takes a child to believe on Christmas Eve in a child who can imagine the world differently? What if my need is to open that sliding glass door to my heart, to the wonder and magic that is Christmas once more, so that more hope, more love, more peace might come into my life, and yes, even into this dark world? What if it takes a child I'll close this morning with one of my favorite stories from church history. It's the story of the great German theologian, Dr. Helmut Thielicke. And it was post-World War II Germany in 1955 when he and his wife, Lisa, were struggling to have a good Christmas. Uh, Finances were tight in the family. And one day, a few days before Christmas, wife Lisa was uh, raking the rose garden at the home and found in the soil of the rose garden all of dad's expensive cigars from his cigar case. They called in their child, Rainer, who was six years old at the time, and said, Rainer, what have you done? And Rainer said, Mom and Dad, I saw the expensive cigars in the cigar case, and I really wanted to do something special for you for Christmas, so I planted them. Because I believed that from those cigars would grow a cigar tree. And Lisa and Dr. Helmut Thielica said, you have got to be kidding me, Rainer. But then they chuckled and they decided they could not scold the boy for such innocent faith. And Dr. Thielica said, therein is what Christmas might be all about. The New England Journal of Medicine can't make sense of it, and neither can we. Unless, unless we become like a child said the Thielicas on that Christmas. It was our six-year-old Rainer who inspired us and told us that we could persevere in a world that was tough and challenging. It was none other than the faith of a child. What if, what if today it takes a child? In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, 
Not one thing came into being. What came into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. The word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. And now as you go from this place, go with joy, remembering that Christ is with you as a child, imagining possibilities in your life and in this world that are truly hopeful. Merry Christmas.